Steve did the countdown again this week, and I think he went he went full hand, and then he went four with the thumb closed, and then he went three, and where he gets lost is he doesn't know what to do with two, because he doesn't go back to middle finger and pointer finger, and it just, it looks bad. It looks And then bad. I'm trying to press the record button at the same time, so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cluster. Well, you know, that's why we pay you the big bucks. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. Okay. Welcome to the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve. Steve, as always, we've said in, in season two, now that we're back in season two, apparently, uh, we are going to start recording more often. So, you know, bear with us as we, we get this down and we're going to we're gonna hang get the hang of this. But I, I'm excited about today's show. Um, we have got some baseball talk, very quick baseball talk. No, maybe not very quick, but mildly quick um and then i want to talk about some stuff that was said about sean clifford and then we have rivals steve the stuff summer says stuff summer says podcast with steve is no longer hashtag unrivaled um so there's people coming for us um and 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 there's there's a lot of name power here especially if you enjoyed the 2000 early 2000s era of penn state football and um then also I bought a car, so Steve wants to ask questions about buying a car. That's um, great. I'm glad you're going to entertain all that stuff. That's wonderful. So, Steve, let me, I so that I know how long we go here, let me pull up a timer, or a stopwatch, rather. Um, but in the meantime, while I'm doing that, Steve, last week since we last chatted, the, the Major League Baseball did something that is that they've never truly done before, and they actually listened to fans and they actually cared about what people thought about them and they actually put a little bit of time and effort into presentation of a baseball game and my god it was glorious the field of dreams game in dyersville iowa which have you ever been to the field the, the field of dreams i have old, not have you no i haven't i because i don't know where it is in the state and when i am in iowa i like to get to i uh, like get to kinnick stadium and then Immediately, like if I could teleport out of the state of Iowa, I could just teleport into Kinnick Stadium and then immediately like back into Illinois. I wish I could do that because sounds it like that's the worst another story. For the, that's what I'm here. Okay, that's it's, it's the worst state in the country. Um, no offense to all of our Iowa listeners out there. Um, but I, I know a couple people have been there. They say it's, it's cool. Uh, they say the field, so how like a little Hollywood because the field is not actually full size or, or whatever it may be. It's like teen or league size, apparently. Um, but the house is an Airbnb, apparently, I heard this weekend. Oh, really? One oh. of our friends told us that, which piqued some interest. So I am a little more intrigued okay. now than I was a week ago. Um, that being said, first off, let's let's discuss the movie Field of Dreams. It do you like that movie? Yes. Yeah, Why? yeah, I think so. Why? Um I like the effort that went into the storytelling. I don't know that I'm all caught up, you know, in the the, the playing catch with the father at the end of the stuff that everybody gets all choked Spoiler up. Spoiler alert in case you yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah, sorry. 
you haven't touched it now in 30 years shame on you um no i I like the storytelling just like the way they they knit together i mean it's a movie right you knit together the trip to boston the 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 going to the little town and find the doc graham guy and come about it's just kind of fun and then and you mix in some timely stuff with when they're in college and whatever else it's kind of a fun little sports-based watch for me do you like it so i don't know i always go back and forth on that movie i i I think that the the cool part about it to me is like even though it's Ray Liotta, like it's neat to see the history of of that. Although you know, as time's gone on, it's been pointed out how problematic that White Sox team really was. Um, so it's kind of interesting they chose that team. Um, that being said, it is not the best Kevin Costner baseball baseball movie. Uh, of course, for love of the game is is the greatest. Just one of my absolute favorite baseball movies. Actually, sorry, probably my third favorite movie behind my first favorite baseball movie, which is The Natural. Um, and then, you know what? My second favorite movie is also a baseball movie, and that's Angels in the Outfield. And I, I don't even really like So does Bull Durham make your top five? No. Ooh. It just never really did it for me. Like, you know what? You know what movie? We're going to get a little sidetracked here. You know what movie I really love? Not, not the first major league. Not the second major league, but the third major league, the back to the minors major league. And I always thought it was funny that, um, oh my gosh, I am forgetting his name. Rob, Rob, who worked for the Altoona Curve, is the is the announcer in the movie. Okay. For for at the minor league game when they were the the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, he. Goes on, then went on to become the GM of the Outsider Curve, and I was always thought that that was. And apparently, he would get like a fifty cent little cut check from that. Corey Geiger did the story about this. Anyways, very cool. So, did you watch the baseball game? I watched the very start of it a little bit, and then I watched the end because I was watching the Steelers. I'm sorry, like I'm Steelers. Wow. I know it's a preseason game. I was listening to it in the background. Um, wow. We have friends who who's a big Yankee fan, and I got a text that night how angry she was oh he called my best friend called me and said hey i got an issue fox isn't carrying the field of dreams game here they're playing they they live in lebanon pennsylvania they're carrying the the preseason game i don't know what we're gonna do i'm like it sounds like you need to take your wife out for dinner like you better go to a sports bar right now um but they ended up getting it i guess some cable or wonky way because they have both i guess um so no i i was interested but i i listen to the Steelers in the background and I, I was doing some work. And then when it got, I watched the seventh, eighth and ninth innings. Like I watched the final third of the game and then I went back the next day and caught up on all the pre-game stuff. Like I went back and watched the segments with, you know, Kevin Costner coming on the field and his little read. And that seemed a little dramatic. I liked it. He kind of milked it a little bit. And it's tough yeah. with actors to always know yeah. how much is, you know, genuine and how much isn't. Um, but the players, the outfield wall, that was cool. Scoreboard, like all that stuff. Yeah, that was they, cool. they they did exactly what they were supposed to do and did it well. Yeah, I just I, I feel like in my lifetime, there truly have been very few major league baseball produced moments that have been right. The only one, and in, in the only one that I this is how powerful it was because this is the nineteen. 99 or 2000 all-star game is, is Ted Williams. I can still remember watching Ted Williams come, come in the car and the, mm-hmm. you know, I, that, that I can, I can still remember that. Um, 
it was a neat night to be a baseball fan because it was like, you know what, this is, this is what baseball is truly about. Like making fans feel like they're a part of the game, really that you can go, you know, whether it's out in your street or it's out, you know, in your backyard or wherever, play a baseball game. And it was neat to see that. And I think the other thing that was cool about it was the fact that like, like I said, Major League Baseball hasn't done a lot right in my lifetime. This was something that you could tell they put a lot of effort into, a lot of time into. And it was just something that was well done and well produced. I think from the sports media standpoint, just some absolutely incredible shots. Um, Was truly one of the the best events that I've so far watched in 4K because the the difference between the 4K and the HD was just night and day. Um, It really just added an extra element to that. I, I, I liked it. So, I, I mean, I, I thought, I thought I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. The, the game itself was good. I'm glad that they most likely had the juice baseballs in there. Um, the <laughs> maybe, very, maybe it'll air just lighter with all the corn out there. The, the, the <laughs> wow. You're, you're, you're an optimist. The very short porch out in, I guess it would have been right field, which allowed for all the home runs. Um, you know, I, I thought it was just, a, it was a good moment for baseball. It was a neat moment to be a baseball fan, but I have, I have one problem with it. So when the NHL has its showcase event, the winter classic mm-hmm. on January 1st, yes, I know they compete with college football a lot of the time, but what, what's neat about that is the whole hockey world shuts down. And I just didn't understand why, they couldn't do that with baseball. Why not make this a getaway day Monday when everybody's off except for this one game and you, you have every single eyeball that's, that will be potentially watching baseball watching. And, and not that it didn't do, I mean, apparently it was the most watched baseball game no, no. since Fox took over the rights, which yeah. Fox has had the rights for quite a long time now, but I don't know. I just, that kind of surprised me. Like why, no, why give baseball fans another thing to watch or another opportunity to turn off yeah i think that's one thing they probably left on the table like i mean not that they didn't think about it and there must have been some reason they didn't i guess again me the optimist which is probably surprising people um i just yeah i would have made it the show right if, if you're gonna do yeah. it and do it for this first one you know because now the next ones aren't gonna matter they not the next ones don't matter as much aren't gonna be as well produced this is the first one out of the gate make it the standalone only thing going on that kind of thing yeah if if they were to do the Cubs and the Cardinals next year, which I would think given the location and the fan bases and all of that, I, I think that's what they would do. And they've said they're going to do the game again. I just don't think much like the winter classic, it's really starting to lose its, its power, its draw. It, it, and I think this one wears off a lot faster than a lot of the other ones. Yeah. And I, I think I'd be surprised if they did the dose two. I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised. I'd expect them to do the Cubs hosting one year, Cardinals hosting the next, and drag it out for four or five years. Like, who's the guy complaining about the, the five teams he gets blacked out in Iowa? Like, yeah. I think all five of those teams get a chance to host it sometime in the next few years, probably individually. But we'll see. You know, I mean, I think – because then you want to play the Dodgers or you want to play true. the Mets, you know, yeah. or, so, or you want to play the Phillies, right? Yeah, you have a bigger market there. Um, okay, so that being said, um, I ask you this question – what other novelty baseball game or sports game do you want to see? Um, some people were joking that Iowa and Nebraska should actually play in a cornfield corn with the corn <laughs> still intact, which I thought that's interesting. Um, 
Um, I would like to see the Major League Baseball game in Williamsport, having worked in that stadium, having grown up there. Like, I would like to see the Little League class. I mean, I know it exists, but I would like to see that game in person. In, in uh, person. Just, just to see what they've done. Um, and I don't know what other novel. I mean, you know, you've had basketball games on aircraft carriers. You've yeah. had, I mean, I guess the easy one for something like this is, is the hockey game in Beaver Stadium, right? But I, the more that goes, the less it feels likely, you know? <laughs> I feel that feels no like I, I would get outlandish with this. I I said on Twitter that like the perfect example would be to do the Sandlot game and and truly do it do it a Sandlot style. Go to a park somewhere in America. You each team gets like a little dugout with the little red cooler full of terribly mixed orange Gatorade. And that's like the only thing that they could drink and fans have to show up and like, there's no seats. Like you, there, you only can bring a lawn chair or a blanket, like truly make it that way. And then if you hit the ball into foul territory or a home run, you, we're only playing with one ball. Like we have, you have to watch that. And then you get runs, you would get runs. I know this is a little more outlandish, but you get runs for how quickly you got the ball back in. Like whoever, whoever, or like, you send a, a Pirates player and a Phillies player out there and, and whoever gets the ball first. Well, no, see, now that you mentioned the Pirates, see, what I would do is I would make it the two worst teams, the worst team in the National League and the worst team in the American League, and play them the day after the regular season before postseason play begins and do the Sandlot game. Now, I don't know what the stakes are, but you take uh, the worst team in the NL, the worst team in the AL, and you stick them at some park somewhere. What was the weirdest place you ever played baseball growing up or football? Weirdest place. We put well, in inside high school gyms, right? Like, I mean, football yeah. like just – probably that was I mean, always weird practicing baseball inside yeah like probably inside was was the weirdest stuff we didn't get yeah probably that i mean the, the weirdest the, arts one. the weirdest one for me was the the jcc i think it's the jcc in altoona and it's a half basketball court and then the other end of the basketball court there's a stage yes sir so like yep coached a lot of games there yeah yeah, so that, that was one. that was the, that was the first place we went to with youth basketball for our girls teams. <laughs> and we were telling the parents, "Hey, don't yell at the officials. Don't complain. Just go and watch." And the game before us, two people got kicked out. Like <laughs> the parents got escorted out before we get in. I'm like, "See, there's your lesson. Just go be quiet." So, yeah, that was a band box. All right. Anything else you want to add about dream baseball games or anything? I, I, I don't know. Like I. I think I think it is cool. Like I don't know if you went to because the Pirates have played in Altoona a couple of times. Like that last couple of days before the season starts, in between spring training, they'll do an exhibition, and that was neat. I've gone to like two of those games, and it was neat to see for someone like that in a stadium like that, even if they were the Pirates. Like it was neat that Jason Kendall was like on the Pirates still yep. type thing. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool stuff. I, I mean, I think that stuff makes yeah. the game relatable. I mean, I, this yeah. just makes it different. It gets you, it gets you out of this the sterile atmosphere of the state that the major stadiums and not their sterile because everybody's doing their own branding and they're trying to have character and they're trying to make you feel good about history and a connection. But this was, it was a fun game. The field of dreams games was fun and I'm glad it worked the way it did. And I don't know if the next couple ones that are going to happen are going to be as good and as watched, but it was a cool thing. All right. All right. Moving on. Um, so Steve, I, I was, I was, I woke up to this news the other morning um, I missed it. And then I woke up to it the night before when it happened. And I think a lot of people kind of had the same thing that happened. Um, 
the Big Ten tailgate crew, their preseason show goes to each town and they just get access to the players and practice and, and, and stuff like that. And here is a quote from Joshua Perry, who you've seen a couple of times on BTN. And it just surprised me a lot. Uh, the quote is the quarterback is a position. I think that still has to make some improvements and there's plenty of time. Still a lot of time in training camp. Uh, the quarterback, the starting quarterback as a returning player definitely could be a bit more than what we're seeing right now. It could have just been the one day in camp. We don't know, but we could get a little bit more out of him. Steve. Oh, should Penn State fans be concerned by that quote? Let's go that angle with it first. Well, it sounds like their quarterback had a day in camp that wasn't probably the best day. Might have missed some passes, missed some assignments. I mean, from sounds like when the Big Ten media crew was there visiting, Sean Clifford didn't have the greatest day in the world. So, yeah, I think if you're looking for consistency, which has not been his calling card, and leadership, I mean, the things you infer from that, whether that's good or bad, are that there's reason for concern. That may not be true, but that's probably what you, what the implication is from, from what you're hearing there. Yeah, I just, I have to wonder how bad you were in practice that somebody would say that. Like, uh, it makes me a little nervous. And I think, I think a lot of Penn State's hopes and dreams, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I don't know, fall on the shoulders of Sean Clifford this year. I think this team goes as far as he can go. Um, I don't know what that necessarily looks like, and I'm sure we'll discuss that later in a, in a, in a future episode. But i just a little nervous now because of everything that happened last year. <laughs> and uh, this is practice and not a game. It's practice, as Allen Iverson once said. And to me, it's just... I mean, unless they were running something weird at him to try to get a reaction and see what happens. I mean, I, I think back to, you know, Christian Hackenberg's tryout for, the, for his pro day, right? And everybody talked about how he hit everything and he looked wonderful and whatever else. Well, the news would have been if he hadn't, right? Yeah. I mean, they're doing pre-scripted stuff. They're doing self-contained stuff. They practiced this. That would have been the news. In this case, it, it, it may be news. Now, I don't know if, you know, Joshua Perry has a higher bar. I don't know if whatever else but yeah i think there's probably a little bit of reason for concern because if anybody's going to be bought in and be more than fair you would think it would be the btn analysts okay so let's perfect segue so i i think the conference owns what 51 percent of the network and then fox owns 49 percent of the network so I wrote this down and the more I thought about it, the more it's kind of irked me. Again, as a media member, I, I, I do not, I, I don't want a cheerleader in the media. And I think for the most part, Penn state's beat writing crew does a pretty good darn job at, at that. And especially some people more than others are, are can be harsher than, than not necessarily warranted, but then certainly others on the beat. Um, that being said, I was quite surprised that a pseudo state media, so to speak, was being this tough on Sean Clifford in practice. Did, did that 
is that fair to say? Like, do you agree or I, th- am I, I just think being yes, soft. But I think BTN is in, and I think these conference networks are in a weird spot because there's that. There's this. I think you're right about that. There's that piece of it. But then the other side is if um, somebody like Nasser does something at Michigan State, there are people from the outside, right, who who are national media types saying, why isn't the Big Ten Network covering the start to finish and doing depth? And that's not their job. Right. I don't think that's their job. I think their job is to put up games and be there. And, I, and I'm not sure their job is to be overly critical. I do think it's to be as honest as they can be. And that's a tough that's a tough line of expectations. And I don't know that anybody's ever really dug into what that is for them or who, what master they serve in that. But yeah, I was, I think it's a little surprising. I think a more, and I do think this, I think a more experienced analyst could have made a point and inferred there were strong, you know, imply there yeah. were struggles. talked about some things and, 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 and let that up in the air for you to kind of hear and maybe decide than somebody else. So, so there could be that he might, he just might not be, as deft at, at making that critique as someone else. I, I, that's a really good point. And, and, and then I guess we're getting weirdly into the criticizing of Joshua Perry. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about him to make an opinion, but I, he's, he does seem like somebody that is newer. So maybe that was why he did kind of go back and like, kind of correct it a little bit. I think, I think he said like, here, he said, he's got time, no need to sound the alarm, but I wouldn't call him game ready at this moment. Close, but not there. Again, but that's I mean, here's a kid who played in the Big Ten, right? Who's who's there because they 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 vetted him and other people applied. If he says the quarterback for Penn State isn't game ready yet, then yeah, if you're a Penn State fan, a couple weeks mm-hmm. before the season, that's probably some reason for concern, especially because the dude's a returning starter. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's know? it's different if it's if he's a freshman and this is we all think this guy's going to be the starter and and, and whatever. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I thought it was weird. It wasn't overtly like when I, when I read the actual quote, I think some people on the internet as they tend to do, were making a bigger deal out of it. But uh, when I read the quote, it, it, it was, it settled me. It, it settled me down a little bit, but I still am like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Know. you and I, but I think the refreshing thing, good or bad is that you will know three weeks into the season. You know, for sure. You might know one game one. In you might know. Shot. I, I know. You I'm might try, know I'm for like, not just like maybe first quarter, like yeah, first, you could. third, like third play of the season. Type thing. <laughs> you could. <sighs> Let's pray, pray that the third play, play of the season is a Penn State touchdown. Um, okay. All right. I just wanted to pick your brain on that. I thought Greg Pickle, I'm, I'm pulling up the Nittany Sports Now article from Corey Geiger. That was my resource here. Um, but I did see Greg Pickle's tweet about this. And, and somebody was like, he's had three, three offensive coordinators, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I thought Greg had a good, like, kind of kickback at it. Like, it's not like he's going from under center to not under center. Right. Um, so, I, you know, it may, well, we don't know that, but. It, this is not that much different from all considerations and all what everybody's saying that this is offense isn't that different. So I don't know. Eh, we'll see. I'm not worried too, too worried about it, but uh, you know, we'll see. All right, Steve, you want to, you want to, I'm going to let you tee up the next. Oh, the next competition. Segment. Yeah. Our competition. Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, let's go with the former coaches first. So uh, last week uh, it, was announced that, that Jay Paterno and Tom Bradley are going to be part of a show called Nittany Game Week. 
uh, debut TV show across, all across Pennsylvania. That's clear, has clearances in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Scranton, uh, State College, Altoona. Um, really, honestly, the first statewide show that I can remember other than like the highlight show, the, pen, the, the, the football story. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to me because of who it is with, with Jay and Tom. I'm curious for you, this, and this is partially old guy, young guy. Do, do you care what the old coaches have to say? Trying to be conscientious of my words. I care about one of them, what one of them has to say, more so than the other one. Okay. Um, I grew up, I grew up and it was, I don't think I fully had my football opinions. Most of my opinions of Jay are formed on parents' opinions, on uncles' opinions, on whoever it may be his opinions. But that being said, Tom Bradley in my house growing up was very, like a very important figure in terms of like a person that is impactful in, in, in Penn State football. Um, just because it's a PA guy, it's a, somebody that's worked his ass off type thing to kind of get where he got. And now he's, you know, one of the most important really college defensive coordinators of kind of his era. I, you know, think he set a lot of tones and, and, and probably doesn't get enough credit for that, but coached that coached, which I didn't know coached the second most has coached the second most games at Penn state behind Joe, apparently. Really? There was a factoid that Jay popped out to me on a phone conversation last week. I thought it was, I thought it was Galen Hall, which is somewhat surprising. Anyways. Well, coach, let's see. Um, but so, uh, yeah, just I as I will care because it's two people that I I think have good football opinions. I think will provide interesting opinions. But I just I don't I know we're just sitting here talking about state run media and being biased and all of that. But I just hope that it's not the and not that Jay would do this and not that Tom Bradley would do this. I just hope that it's not a, well, James, well, Joe did it this way. James should do it. Should have done it that way type of thing. And that is what annoys me about that. The, the old guy, young guy, because my generation is, is, has largely moved on from Joe. Like, even if you were, no, or, I mean, I think that's the interesting part. It's been a decade since these guys have, I mean, it's right. been a decade this fall since they were yeah. relevant in the X's and O's of what's happened on the Penn State football field. And not that a decade makes them any smarter or less intelligent, or, but I, I'm curious about the relevance. Like, I, I think for the folks who watch TV, which probably is still older than you than me, um, or older than you to me, um, I think this will be a show that people probably watch and they're going to have a website and some extra content. So we'll see how they populate that. Um, but it's a name brand pairing, you know, for yes, Penn State football. That's, a good, that's a good point. You know, I, I we'll see how good it is or how, you know, how, how people respond to it. And then That's the second one, there's a, there's a, there's a, a podcast and, and video podcast with, with additional name brand content with Matt McGloin, pay dirt with Matt McGloin and Tom Hannafin. So Matt McGloin for long time, well, long time by Penn state standards pro quarterback. I mean, realistically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, when you think about it, other than Kerry Collins, like Matt McGloin might be the second most tenured Penn like, State realistically, right you know, now and, at least. And, and I would think in terms of 
mindset and makeup, he, he'd be great on a podcast because he offers an opinions and it's, and it, you know, has an attitude and is fiery. So hopefully that comes across. And the other co-host is Tom Hannafin, familiar to some folks is Tom Phillips, who did WWE stuff. And Tom's good at what he does, like, and, and has worked his tail off and is going to try to, I think, parlay this into something else because he's not doing the wrestling anymore. Um, so I haven't heard that one yet. It started last week. Um, I need to check it, check it out because they're both our alums too. Um, but I think, the, I think, I think they're both, both shows would be interesting additions to the coverage of Penn state football. And I think have different audiences clearly. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to say with the, the Jay and Tom show, um, the problem with that show is not problem, but the, the, you're right. Like you said, my generation doesn't watch TV and the channels that it's on my generation definitely doesn't watch those channels. Like, like the local outlets are always on at my mom's house. I'm sure that they're all like, you probably still watch the news for the most part. Some nights would assume at least I, I haven't watched local news in years in, in, in legitimately years. No offense to anybody that listens to this and does local news. Y'all do a great job. Um, <laughs> The Matt McGloin show is interesting to me. However, I want to know why I'm blocked and a vast majority of Penn State Twitter is blocked by Matt McGloin. Oh. Anyway, yeah. I Are think you I got blocked too. I did, but I know why I'm blocked. So, so I'm okay with that. Okay. If I am, right. if I am blocked, I know why. Okay. Because so I, it, I don't know. But that being said, I, I think Matt probably – has an interesting opinion, like you said, because he's he was like a he truly was like a no quick guy. Like there, there are people that say that they're a no quick guy, but he was like a no quick guy. Like he you could tell how passionate he was for Penn State football every time he tried it out on the field. Like it was it was pretty much middle finger up the whole time. Um right. and I, I don't know. I I I'll is there as a, as you know we got to keep an eye on the competition I'll, I'll pay attention there you go and you know what though the other thing that these two shows have that unfortunately the stuff summer says podcast with steve doesn't have is star power in the sense that they have the connections to bring on the bigger like like there's probably going to be some really good conversations on both of those shows with people like I'm sure Michael Motti is going to be on that the Matt McGloin show and I'm sure that's going to be a, a, just a fascinating conversation because it seems like anytime you get any of those era guys together they just kind of spew new stuff that is that is just stuff that I will just drink drink up because I, it's it, it's interesting it was an interesting time in Penn State history and and I think it's an important time that you know, there's a lot of good stories about um, whether it was with the end of, of Joe's era or even Bill O'Brien. Right. And, and I think people are interested. I mean, there's a new book coming. Well, there's a book under contract to come out about that next year, 2023, about uh, about that set of that, that set of players. Um, and this is the 10th anniversary of of, 20, of, of 2011. So so there'll, there'll be more stuff coming out about that. I know ESPN's been in town interviewing people for that for a 10 year look back at Penn State football since then. So people will have that stuff coming. Yeah, they have some connections. I think Ivan Mazel is week one was week is week one already for Bradley and Jay. Um, but I think I think the, the danger there, I think Mazel's legitimate and works. I think the danger with an with a show of people who haven't been doing it in a decade is we're going to talk to all the old linebackers. We're going to talk to all whatever. And I, and I think that's interesting, but I don't know that, I don't know, maybe fans want worse stories. 
Um, uh, you only got half an hour, so there's only so much you can do. See, I want that. I with with college athletics in particular, I think I want that, and here's why: because because college colleges, right or wrong, do a very good job of of kind of keeping you know like student athletes behind like behind lines of the media line, so to speak. Like they're, they're very safeguarded. And a lot of times we don't find out about the stories that we know now know about, you know, Bill O'Brien or even Joe or whoever it may be until like, like legitimately like funerals right. and, 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 you know, sadder moments or whatever it may be. And I just, I don't know. That's no, it's stuff you never time. had before. So yeah. I think both may deliver there. So that'll be interesting. Okay. All right. Um, so oh, speaking doing, of delivery. We're doing, we're doing perfect on time. Look at us, Steve. We ended so up speak, spending more time on Field of Dreams game, but that's okay. Well, let me, make, let me try to make the transition. Speaking of delivery, I fully expected a car buying experience from someone in their 20s to perhaps include a delivery, but yet I think you went to a dealership. Yeah, I went to a dealership. So yeah. how'd it go? Well, so, um, well, so, so car buying is different, right? Now, like now than it is when probably when you at your age, at my age, bought a, bought your car, bought a car, whatever you drove. Um, we did probably legitimately 20 hours of research on the internet before we even walked it onto a lot. Um, and a lot of that was just seeing what cars are available, seeing what's available near me, filtering out what we wanted, what we didn't want, all of that. We ended up going with a CRV, a 2016 CRV, um, so that we've got space for football stuff, uh, which multiple friends that listen to this podcast can rejoice about. <laughs> um, but it was fine. Like we didn't, we walked in and we were like, pretty much knew that this was the cheapest price we could find on the car. I wasn't now there was one other car we looked at and I found cheaper prices for similar cars, same within like 3000 miles type thing. And I was prepared to like go in there. Like here's, here's how much they're, they're selling it for. Sell me this car. I just want to buy it here. Cause you're closer type thing. Um, didn't do that though. Um, they, we, I pretty much knew that they had the cheapest price on this car. Didn't really feel like haggling. We did the, the complicated thing about all of this is is the financing. And I think next time, like we got really stressed out by just like trying to find financing online prior to walking in. Next time I'm just gonna walk into the dealership and see what they can do because they did a much better job for us than what we found, the cheapest or lowest rate and whatever we found. Right. Um did they try to push a warranty or anything? They did. Okay. It did. We said no. Okay. No, I just didn't know. Like if there was, so was there one guy or did you have to see the boss and then somebody else came out? No, it was, it was the sales guy. So we went to a a regular deal, like a, like a, a new dealership that happened to sell used as well. The new deal. So there was the, the true dealer. And then that guy took us to the business manager, but in between then there was also a stop off from their insurance guy, uh, which was, I thought was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was fine, but 
I don't know. I like, I have no appeal to like much like a house, much like really a car, I guess. Like I'm never going to buy something like that, that I'm spending that kind of money on, whether it's now or via loan that I I can't drive. Like I I have no, I just do not like the thought of the the car vending machine. I Mm. do not like the thought of buying online and then them just showing up at your house with the car and saying, here you go. Like, even if I can't, like, even if those companies offer returns or offer the whatever's back, I just, I don't know. Like, I want to do my research online and then I want to go see it and then I want to go whatever with it and then I want to get it. Okay. Then, like, even when I buy, even when I buy stuff, if I'm going to spend, like, eat when I bought, like, my smoker, for example, like, I did, like, three hours of research on all these different smokers in this price range went and looked at each one at home and at Lowe's and home Depot and then made my decision. I'm very like methodical about my purchases. Like I'm very, I don't just buy something. I mean, a bank. And I think that's been my expectations of somebody your age doing that, right? They're going to do the research. They're going to have this stuff, but I, I just didn't get a sense of like the mindset for, you know, and you're a one person focus group, the mindset of going to talk to somebody about it or just showing up, right? You know, would you, when, when's the last time you bought a car? Probably when you were a freshman or sophomore in high school. Okay. And did you I just took, like walk on the lot? I did. I mean, I knew what I was looking for. I, I was looking for a truck. I was looking for a four door truck because we could take the kids to sporting events and whatever else. Had to have a full side bed to be able to tailgate with. And we went to Stocker Chevrolet in State College. I knew they had one. We looked around. I started talking to the salesperson, which, sucked because i knew my uncle's selling cars for 30 you know forever i've always bought stuff from him i'm like oh, i'll talk to this guy I'll talk to somebody else and the first visit that it took two visits because the first visit the guy was like well here's what we can you know here's the price and i'm like well here's what i can afford like yeah. and i knew what it was worth and i knew what i could afford they could afford to sell it for and he's like i don't think we can get to that number i'm like okay so we get up and left and he's like where are you going i'm like it's this isn't a relationship thing for me this isn't a personal thing for me this is i'm not trying to be mean like but so you're just trying is, to find a deal. This is what I can afford. And you told me it can't be purchased for that price at your dealership. I'm okay with that. We're going to go. So it freaked my daughter out who was with me. Sam was like, we're just leaving. You were kind of abrupt. You were kind of, I'm like, Sam, I don't want the truck that bad. Right. And then I went back two days later, truck was still there. The guy, same guy. And he said, came back. So oh, you're coming. Like, I just want to make sure that you're this number you can't do. And he's like, well, maybe we should talk to the business manager. And then we finally got to that number. And I don't, I just would have preferred to do it the first time. Like I just yeah. would have, you know, um, but it's been that long partially because of that. And now, now because the thing has 253,000 miles on it and it has a CD player and I have lots of CDs that I like, so I can't go too new because I'd have to get a new vehicle that doesn't have a CD player. That was a consideration for the purchase of the Summers household See? car was the CD player. I do there want you to let you know that. Um, I, 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 I was not on board with that because... I'm a very techie person, so I wanted the Apple CarPlay and such. That's not in my price range, though. That's right. Won't be in mine when um, time comes either. Well, good for you. I'm glad. Thanks. I'm glad you did it. That's cool. Thanks Thank for you. sharing. Yeah. Um, there's. I had another question about that. Now, do you have? Do you normally? Are you somebody that buys new? Because some people don't buy new. Like uh, I was taught not no. to buy new. No, I mean, my father buys new and like gets rid of it every two and a half years. It's almost like a lease. Like he just buys because okay. my uncle's there. And, oh, we buy them and run them into the ground. Like the Hondas have been great for us. Like 
we've handed down cars to the kids once they got a bunch of miles on it. So are you brand loyal? Like, like my best friend, his family is extremely Chevy loyal. Like every member of the family is Chevy. We're pretty, I mean, Susan has a Honda and we handed down Honda. So we've had, you know, those and the truck I've only, my uncle sold Chevys. Right. So that's, that's one of the reasons you're brand loyal. Um, But I haven't, haven't had a bad experience really. So if I go to do it again, I probably will do a Chevy again. We'll see. We'll see. If I, if I was allowed to buy a truck, which I'm not allowed to buy a truck, um, I, I probably would have bought the Chevy. I wanted my first car. I wanted to be a little S10. That was what I wanted. That's what. But I then you have to. Then you have to learn how to drive stick and. I am not that coordinated. Like, uh, on, no, I had a yeah. stick in mine. That's true. That's true. It was. Um, huh. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, very cool. Not allowed. I, we'll get back to that later too. Can't wait for the next show for that. We'll get it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that one. Um, all right. Well, that was good. That's good. Um, subscribe to us on the podcasting apps. We might post on Facebook. We might not. Um, I will within the next week or two. Here is football inches closer. I will do the the charts, the depth charts as the depth chart comes out, um, because you know it's been it's been it's been a stressful year. I'm sure a lot of us forget what Sean Clifford's number is, who Sean Clifford is, um, this service Dotson kid that right. people keep talking about. Um, so that would be so. I'll do that. Um, so I'll post those there. Um, you could also email us to ask for those at stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com or you could just provide some feedback um if you know of rob and mary jean and from york pennsylvania could can we get them on the show we're gonna need to help them with their digital tickets anyway so somebody get us in touch oh god yeah wait speaking of which uh, sorry we're gonna before we get to the twitter handles have you there's been several emails like all these people that are freaking out about this there have been several email emails sent about this Wonder, like, I wonder if we could find a source or someone, a deep throat, so to speak, of the over under on the number of printed tickets that show up <laughs> week one. I'll, I'll have to ask her. That's a good question. Yeah, because I haven't looked at those emails yet. Because I figure I think I know how to do this. Yeah, um, it's very easy. You just go to the app. I mean, I've done it with everything it. else in the past yeah, year and a half for Penn State. You know, so we'll see. Hard. I- Anyways, uh, my Twitter handle is at stuff summer says. Yours is at Steve Sampson. I don't have anything else, Steve. I'm reading your future ideas, and there's some good ones here. There's some good ones here. All right, that's a tease. See you next week. Bye.